0: Good afternoon, community and parents of HES Academies. Welcome you to another family engagement uh, broadcast. And today we're excited about introducing you to a very important program about safe driving. And joining us in this program, two very important men, gentlemen, who will be uh, talking directly from their uh, day-to-day experience and from a a position of authority on the subject. Uh, I will have the pleasure of introducing uh, to you chief uh, David uh, Brogan, who has been with the fire department since February of 1992. Uh, In that time, he has served as a firefighter, pump operator, lieutenant, captain, and fire marshal. He was one of the original nine paramedics when the department began providing advanced life services to the community. Dave has been on the executive board of Southeastern South Michigan Fire Chiefs, recently uh, finishing his term as president of that organization. He is also on the executive board of Western Wayne County Fire Chiefs, where he serves as treasurer. He has held many elected positions as a member of the Dearborn Heights Professional Firefighters Union local, Locale 1355, giving him experience with management and labor. The fire service has been a big part of Dave's life as his father was firefighter for the city of Detroit, retiring as senior chief after 38 years of service. Dave is married to his wife of 28 years and has three children. In October of 2013, he completed Eastern Michigan University School of Staff and Command for the fire service. Dave is also a member of the National Fire Protection Association and the International Association of Fire Chiefs.
1: Welcome, uh, Chief Dave. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. I'm really glad that you invited me for, for, the, uh, for the event today.
0: Also uh, with us will be Chief Mark Myers. is a 24-year veteran of law enforcement starting his career with the Detroit Police Department. As a son of a career law enforcement father, he grew up in the city of Detroit and attended uh, Dearborn Divine Child High School. After graduating from Eastern Michigan University, he returned to the Tri-County area to serve in law enforcement and joined the Dearborn Heights Police Department in August 1997, he has remained a public servant and resident of Dearborn Heights for the past 23 years. Chief Myers has a long uh, line of uh, um, experiences. Uh, I will uh, give you the last uh, section uh, of, you know, the most updated uh, uh, position that he's serving right uh, right now, which is uh, basically is the chief of police of the city of Dearborn Heights. He has received numerous awards. Uh, Chief Myers is an active member of the International Association of Chiefs of Police, Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police, National Tactical Officers Association, the FBI, NAA, and the Detroit JTF, uh, JTTF Executive Board. Civic engagement through the Dearborn Heights Good Fellows Association and coaching youth running teams allow for Chief Myers to remain engaged with his friends and neighbors. He strives to promote a diverse workforce and a style of leadership that stresses partnership-oriented strategies to build a safer community. He is dedicated to facilitate a forward-thinking model of law enforcement, embracing technology and talent found in and around the city of Dearborn Heights. Heights. Welcome to the studio, Chief uh, Chief Myers. Thank, thank you for thank, being with us. Thank you very much, and
2: thank you for the invite to be here. I'm very excited.
0: This presentation is brought to you also with the help of Access ASAP. ASAP is the Access Substance Abuse Prevention Community Coalition, which HES Academies are a part of. With me to introduce ASAP is uh, Ahmed Balloot. Ahmed is here. Yes.
3: Yes, I'm here. Thank you, Wissam. Always great to be here. I'm just going to talk about our, our team mission, which is dedicated to awareness, educating community members and substance use disorder through community collaboration and engagement. Our mission is to empower our community members to support our drug-free community through education, advocacy, and research. Uh, we're working closely. Have... Sorry, that's okay. We're working closely with our local first responders, uh, individuals to locate individuals struggling with substance abuse or addiction or mental health and refer them to help uh, they need uh, any capacity available to us. Well, we have our youth advisor program, who, where our youth uh, takes the lead in educating our community members, politicians and business owners uh, about tobacco regulations and substances. Uh, we also conduct active parenting sessions. We Zoom educa- educating parents like we do with you guys sometimes, and we did before COVID in your, in your school, uh, educating parents about different subject relating mental health and substance and finally we are expanding and increasing data collection and research efforts regarding SUD among Am American and our community thank you sir
0: thank you ahmed so chief dave and chief mark they see car accidents happen on a daily basis unfortunately and they will be reflecting on the, uh, their experiences and the in the, in the accidents that happen in the city of Dearborn Heights and around it to give some important tips for our parents and for our uh, teenagers who are uh, drivers. Without further ado, uh, Chief Dave and Chief Mark, you can take it from here.
1: All right, thank you. Uh, well, to go ahead and get started, um, there, there's a couple things that I'm gonna wanna talk about as far as uh, the types of injuries and, the, and the, re- the things that happen after you have car accidents. And then Chief Mark is gonna talk to us about uh, a lot of the different statistics that are uh, affecting Dearborn Heights in particular, and and the impacts of speeding, and and uh, and uh, how how to go about keep keeping yourself safe in our city. So, um, it, and one of the first things we have to start with is a lot of times is when we talk about fire safety, everyone knows we're going to talk about smoke detectors, and, and when we're talking about car accidents, one of the first things we're going to talk about is is the use of seatbelts. Um, it is by far this, the, the most important thing you do when you get in a car is put your seatbelt on. That should be an automatic that you that you don't, don't even give it a second thought. And unfortunately we're here today talking, uh, this is geared towards teenagers. And the, the number one, uh, the t- teenagers are the ones who, who violate that most frequently, um, especially passengers in, a, in, a, in the car. So for whatever reason, many fatal accidents happen uh, that's a passenger in, in a car, uh, they're they're very frequently uh, weren't seat belted in. And so always put your seatbelt on. It doesn't matter what your friends are thinking. It doesn't matter. You know, no no one's planning on getting into a car accident. That's one of the things that works against It's just like no one plans to have a house fire. But house fires happen frequently, and car accidents happen even much more frequently. Those are car accidents just a couple hours ago I saw on my um, on my alert that came through. We have car accidents pretty much every day. And and people are very seriously injured in car accidents, and speed is always a factor in that too, which I'm sure that uh, Chief Myers is going to be touching on. So please, 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 wear your seatbelts. That just has to be an automatic thing. If you're driving and some of your someone else in the car does not have their seatbelt on, tell them to put their seatbelt on. It, it make that your responsibility. Just you want you want to take care of your friends and your loved ones that are in the car with you. Uh, there, there's it. You feel very poorly if you get in a car accident and someone that you're driving with is seriously injured. And and we've seen that throughout the course of my career. It is, it leaves a, a deep scar on someone if they were driving and a friend of theirs is killed in the car that they were driving. So again, you think it's never gonna happen to you, but unfortunately it does happen and, and it's gonna happen again. I mean, there'll, there'll be another car accident probably today in One Heights or certainly tomorrow. Like, like they happen with, with great regularity. So so do do your the, the best step you can to keep safe and that's put your seatbelt on or prevent having the accident altogether. Um, now, re- Related to that is car seats. And, uh, and I know that a lot of you probably have younger sisters and brothers. Um, make sure that you have car seats and make sure that they're properly installed. That's another uh, uh, huge uh, factor in whether someone's going to be injured or not in a car accident. And so they're very closely related. We actually have uh, firefighters at Dearborn Heights that are certified car seat technicians. And so if you need help getting your car seat installed, you can call the fire department and they can find a date where, where one of those guys are working and set something up and you can come in and, and they can make sure the car seat is installed correctly, uh, which is, you know, it's uh, it takes a tremendous amount of schooling to keep, to keep that up to date. And this is something that the guys have taken on on their own just because we've seen what happens when these aren't installed properly or they aren't being used at all. So. Take advantage of that and reach out to the fire department. Um, and like I said, this is to prevent injuries and we see a lot of injuries um, that we know that there's, there's airbags now and, and seat belts. And so that might give a sense of security, but, but when you're going that fast, the, the impacts that, that your body goes through, you're gonna have a lot of injuries to, to a lot of uh, bones, soft tissue, Spinal injuries—it's—it's it's just extremely, extremely uh, dangerous, and the and the trauma is very severe when you have a high-speed car accident. Something to really think about is your legs, in particular. They're, they've come a long way with airbags. People used to always hit the steering wheel or the windshield, and and they don't do that as much. But the legs are still greatly unprotected, and so we see a lot of uh, very severe leg injuries. And uh, you, you're when you're just out having a having a good day having a good day with your friends and then all of a sudden you're faced with these long-term and and sometimes life life life-altering uh injuries to your legs and we just had within the last six months we had a, a leg amputated from from a car accident so again these things are very very serious so please 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 use caution um and then the last thing i want to talk on before i turn things over to chief mark is we talk about this, uh, sometimes they refer to as the golden hour, which isn't, this isn't technically a thing, but, but there, is a, 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 it, there, there is a direct relation to getting to a surgeon quickly and, and having a very short on scene time for our, for our firefighters and paramedics when there's been a serious accident. And so that's always something that we're striving towards and we practice on and we drill to get people out of the car and, and get them to the hospital as quick, quickly as they can because a surgeon is what's going to save someone's life when they have uh, the internal injuries from a car accident. Unfortunately, something else that happens in these high-speed car accidents is the cars are so severely damaged, as we're seeing in these pictures here, that uh, it takes a long time to get, to get the patients out of the cars. And so if, if we look at this car accident here, this took place on Heinz. And there, so the, there's going to be a series of pictures here. There's no people in them, they're, they're, these aren't gruesome pictures. Um, we try to take out anything that might identify there's no license plates but um but i do want to, to show that these are accidents that happened in our city within the last uh year i, I think these are all within the last year so if you go to the, go to the next picture um now look how far that car has intruded into the passenger space there so this this one although you saw on the driver's side you could you could enter so we could access the patient if there was a passenger in this vehicle but the dashboard could be uh, Pushed down on top of them, and they could be entrapped in the car. The, the passenger could be. And this is it, even if they had their seatbelt on, you could have that door, could have their leg pinned in. And so the extrication could be very, very difficult because you have to come up with ways to extricate that patient without causing further damage to, to a leg that might be trapped inside by where that car is at. So, of course, we have all the tools and we do all the training. But if this person needs, you know, what they need to be is on an operating table and we're going to have to spend a lot of time trying to extricate them, you know, as well as we can without causing further injury. And so ideally, don't don't be in a situation where something like this happens. And this is this is on high drive. This isn't on the freeway. This is cars going maybe 40 or 50 miles an hour. It should be 40 miles an hour or less, of course. But this isn't super duper high speeds. And this is the kind of accidents that you can see. And um. Actually, if we go on to the next slide, we'll look at all of our pictures here. So this one, there's not a lot of damage here, but you can see that what that car is on top of and it's a stop sign. And what else they're on top of is a sidewalk, and so that, that's something else that you want to take into consideration. If you lose control of a car, driving, not paying attention, it could be in a residential area, it could be, uh, you know, with, with your neighbors around, and, and you could very easily hit a pedestrian, hit someone on a bike, and and that's going to cause some very severe injuries as well. So. Just, just you should always be thinking about these things is, is, you know, what could happen, what if, what if, what if. And especially if you have a close call, learn every lesson that you can while you're driving. Um, we'll go to the next slide here. And now, now with this one, I think, the, I think this is also on Heinz. You can look at how far back that, uh, that tire has been pushed back into the car. And so it's a good thing that they hit where they did had they had they been a little bit to the side that that, that intrusion would have been into the into the pa, uh, passenger compartment of the car right So the driver's side but into the where, where the people are sitting uh into the compartment area causing great injury to the to the driver so again not these these on uh, heinz drive not a freeway and, and you're seeing that kind of damage to the vehicle um, what's our next slide i know uh, now this one was an unfortunate one uh, someone got hit by a, a a plow, a snow plow. And 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 again, we're faced with trying to extricate the patient from there and the entire side the entire side of the car has been caved in. And so it, and you never know, even if you're even if you're driving carefully, you never know what's what could be happening with you know with another driver. Someone could lose control. It could be icy out and, and so that's why it's so important every seat belts and be taking every precaution that you can to prevent to prevent these kinds of injuries to yourself. So I'm sure, are there any other pictures? Okay, now this one, if you look, uh, there's there's damage on every single side of this car. It was hit, it was there was a it was a multi-car accident, and it was from one person that was driving kind of recklessly, and they then and, and they ended up causing this chain reaction car accident. And if, if you can see the see the front of that car, there's quite a bit of damage to the front passenger side of that car as well. So the, these were pictures that uh, just an, an almost—it's not a day-to-day event, but but it's it's really close to that. We get these accidents all the time, and so just so you, so you see that it's a local thing. Sometimes people see these big car accidents and they, and they don't associate it with home. And and these things are happening right here, right around us every day. If you stop and talk to firefighters, they could all tell you stories of terrible car accidents. And it's not just the trauma at the moment; it's it's the effects that that has on your family, your friends. It, it just I think one one minute you're just driving along having a nice day and then your life can change forever just with just with a, a, a brief um, brief lapse in judgment oh and here's another picture of a car that rolled over and we get rollovers on a pretty regular basis as well um, and you see we have tools in there that help stabilize the car because cars aren't designed to be on the roofs and so so they're not very stable or on their sides and, and so we uh, you have different problems with this you have fuel leaking and all kinds of issues and so we stabilize the car and then we get the, get the patients out of there without causing any further injury. Um, so yeah, that's that's it. And a lot of times we, we take these patients uh, to, to trauma centers and try to get them into surgery as quickly as possible. So uh, that's a, a lot of these things are related to speed, I'll say again. When when you have when people are driving too fast, they have, they're more likely to lose control of the car, and then the impact is that much greater, and can cause that much more damage to the vehicle or to, to or to pedestrians too. Um, and I'm sure that Chief Myers is going to be talking about speed and and uh. We turn things over here to him. So, Chief Mark.
2: Yep. Great. Thanks, Chief Dave. Um, yeah, it's a great segue. So, unfortunately, uh, Chief Brogan was showing you some of the doom and gloom from accidents. So really, we're here to find out what safe driving tips can prevent that. And the, the two biggest things are speed and distraction. That's what's causing the impact of the severity of these act of unsafe driving practices. Um, <clears throat> speed uh, equates to uh, more injury, more danger. Uh, many people asking something very simple. Uh, is it better to go speed up and go through a light and, and try to not get rear-ended or to slow down fast, you know, quickly and risk the uh, responsibility of somebody hitting you from behind. We know through the police service and through the fire service and through science, the slower you're going and the slower the impact, the less damage and result there can be to the body. Um, So when you speed up to go through a red light, you're increasing the speed of your vehicle. So when it hits another object, everything in your side of your body, although the car has stopped, continues to move and creates greater trauma. So when in doubt, it's always better to slow down than to speed up. You still may be involved in an accident, but the likelihood of serious injury or serious damage decreases as speed decreases. So I think that's very important to understand. It's always better to have a slower speed crash than it is a faster speed crash. so let's go over a couple tips. We've talked about it, but a couple safe driving tips that are really uh, minor, but uh, it will help everybody. Uh, one of the easiest ones in rain is to have your headlights on. People can see you better when your headlights are on. Many of the newer cars, it's automatic, but uh, when the when your windshield wipers are on, your headlights should be on. You become more visible. People can see you less likely of, of a traffic crash. Um, something that can help the police, the fire, the tow truck drivers is the uh, Michigan law that says that if an emergency vehicle is stopped on a roadway that you either have to move over or slow down. Um, Basically what it means is if uh, the police or fire are assisting somebody or on a traffic crash, that is your responsibility as a driver to slow your vehicle to a safe speed, give them at least one lane of protection, if not two, if you can safely, and then to safely move past that accident. Many, many crashes occur because people are either watching what's going on on the side of the road, because it can be pretty interesting to watch the police and fire work, um, or they're going at speeds and they're distracted, and then they end up causing a secondary crash. So the move over um, for uh, emergency vehicles on a roadway, it will not only protect you, but it protects the first responders that are trying to help people. Seat belts are mandatory in the state of Michigan. Um, so, are child restraints. Um, if you need to get uh, what age group that has to be in the back seat or what kind of forward facing uh, car seats, please feel free to contact the police department or the fire department and we can get you those laws and the ages that are required. Um, but that is a primary driving offense. So, you can be stopped for not having your seatbelt on or a front seat passenger at any time. You do not need to have any other type of infraction to go with that. Um, But most importantly, um, what we're seeing at the police department, whether it's speed, whether it's um, losing control of your vehicle, the number one key thing you can do to create a safe driving habit for your, your young driver or even for us as adults who have been doing it for a long time is to refrain from being distracted. Distracted could be your phone, it could be eating, It could be putting on makeup. It could be fixing your hair. It could be playing, reading a book because we've seen people do that. Anything that takes you away from the primary objective of keeping your vehicle under control and having an idea of the surroundings around you so you can react safely and quickly to any changes in traffic pattern. So I'm gonna try to share the screen here and give you a a little video um, about the impacts of distracted driving. So let me see, hopefully this works here and I am going to try to bring it up. Hopefully you can see this.
4: When we think of high risk behaviors while driving, we have certain pictures in our minds. But there's another kind of behavior that can be just as dangerous more and more people use their cell phones while driving. Distracted driving due to cell phone use can have dangerous results. It was a nightmare. The sheriff's deputy showed up at the door and told me my son had been in a crash and it didn't look like he was gonna make it.
3: I was reaching for my cell phone, which had fallen on the passenger floor and it was
4: ringing. I grabbed it, sat it up, and had an airborne off the road. When you're driving at 55 miles per hour, just five seconds of distraction can take you the length of a football field. Sam fought back from a traumatic brain injury.
3: I learned how to walk, talk, eat my mouth
4: and socialize again reading typing or sending a text while behind the wheel is illegal in michigan fines and fees are imposed and will increase for subsequent offenses but with thousands of people killed or injured each year due to distracted driving fines are the least of your problems
5: before he was hurt he was an eagle scout he was a a soccer goalie He was very determined. He went to a gifted program, and he was the first one in their their gifted program to win the International Science Fair. And because of that, he went to work at Harvard. At the same time, he was in pre-med, taking online courses a full load through MSU. And his plan was to become an MD, PhD, and uh, be a research scientist to help people. I would have loved to change it, but we can't.
4: This is not only his nightmare, our nightmare. Hands down. I would get home and then deal with the phone. If you can't resist responding to your cell phone's alerts, put your phone in silent mode when you drive and store it inside the armrest console or glove compartment. Never check your phone while operating a vehicle. When you're driving, always stay focused on the road it's the best call you'll
2: ever make. All right, hopefully. All right, are we back? Hopefully everybody can see me and it it worked well. Um, That kind of leads me into some of the uh, data that we've been able to extract over the last few years about really the impacts of distracted driving and safe driving habits. So um, in 2019, there was 3,142 people killed in distracted driving crashes uh, nationwide. Nearly 9% of all the fatalities, um, meaning deaths uh, by uh, traffic crashes. In 2019, that same number, 9% of the crashes, were by people from the ages of 15 to 19 died when driving distracted. So of all the deaths in in the United States, 9% 9% of those were children ages 15 to 19, new drivers that were found to be distracted either on cell phones or doing something other than paying attention to the road. So you mix inexperience with inattention and it becomes deadly. Um, here at Wayne County, uh, where we live in 2019, there was 2,462 driving crashes that were attributed to distracted driving and five deaths. Um, we don't really have good two, two 2020 stats because we're just still now working on them now and also with uh, the pandemic that driving patterns were definitely different um, in, two 20, in 2020. Um, so we'll see those numbers come out soon. Uh, around here where uh, we all live, the most dangerous intersection for uh, traffic crashes and distracted driving right now is the area of Ford Road and Haggerty and I-275. Um, they had the most crashes, along with uh, distracted driving crashes. So it was a, uh, it's a very dangerous section because it's very busy. Um, couple of the other stats that we can pull out of that, that the month of October is the most uh, likely time uh, somebody was involved in a uh, distracted driving crash. Um, Friday afternoons between 5 and 6 p.m are the highest rate of distracted driving crashes in uh, Michigan. So if you're playing the statistics, uh, a Friday in in October after work is the most likely time you'd be involved in a distracted driving crash. I'm not making fun of it, it's just that's how often and how able we're able to see um, what safe driving practices can and can't do. We track them right down to the hour of the day. couple other things that uh, you should know in 2019, 566 of those um, killed were not in motor vehicles. So as um, Chief Brogan had showed you, a car up on the sidewalk underneath the stop sign, um, distracted drivers killed 566 people that were either walking, jogging, or riding a bicycle on or off the roadway. People that weren't in a 2,000 pound vehicle that were simply minding their business and a distracted driver either lost control or some other event. Um, So once again, being safe and paying attention. And finally, there was about 400,000 people injured nationally from distracted driving in 2018. Um, So. We asked, you know, what can we do about distracted driving? What what can an individual do? Well, there's a couple of them. Uh, they're very simple and they mentioned them in that uh, video. You could designate a passenger as your texter. So if you have two people in the car and you just must have that phone available or you're trying to schedule where you're gonna go meet for dinner or lunch, have the passenger do it. Pass over your phone and or turn yours off while you're driving. Um, Don't engage in social media scrolling or watching videos. It's much different than just trying to hit send or receive. When you start scrolling, the duration of time that you're not paying attention to driving increases, which increases the likelihood of a traffic crash. Um, Finally, uh, I'll share another uh, screen and this is for the parents. Um, There is some really, really good Uh, technology out there uh, to help. uh, I'm trying to find it for you here. Let me see if I can find it. To help with uh, controlling cell phone use or um, speeds on vehicles. So you'll see like ATT driver mode. If you drive a Mercedes-Benz, there's ways that you can Uh, set it up so it'll restrict speeds or give alerts to your phone to know if um, your young driver is going too fast or outside of a boundary. Um, Here in Ford country in the Dearborn, Dearborn Heights area, the MyKey program allows you to uh, disable the uh, volume on the car or prevents calls or texts coming in if there's no seatbelt on. So there's, there's a bunch of, uh, technology built into cars or apps on the internet, uh, this lifesaver allows you to, uh, turn off your child's phone if the vehicle's in motion. So it senses it by the GPS. So there, there's a, there's a numerous things out there that will help you help your child or your young driver, um, not get distracted, um, while they're driving through the use of technology. So that's, uh, a pretty interesting uh, piece of equipment. And let me get back, hopefully I can find us. We're back on there. Um, other than that, uh, we were out there in Dearborn Heights. We are uh, seeing a, a, a large increase in exhibition driving. Um, the cars that are being built today coming off the factory These, uh, you probably see them in your neighborhoods, the Dodge Chargers, the Dodge Challengers, the new um, Mustangs that are out there. They're faster, um, they're louder, uh, and we're seeing people test those abilities of those cars. And the the faster you go, the more likelihood you'll lose control of those vehicles. Um, I will say drag racing, exhibition driving, those are all instances where your vehicle can be forfeited or impounded, uh, Dearborn Heights. Um, I can probably safely say the city of Dearborn and I know the city of the Detroit are taking a very aggressive stance on drag racing and exhibition driving. And we're seizing people's vehicles and forfeiting them because we know how dangerous their actions are that that unsafe driving um, action can can lead to death. So I really um, hope you speak with your young driver, explain to them, uh, the need to pay attention to the uh, traffic safety devices, the red lights, the stop signs, but most importantly, speeds, seat belts, use, and not to be distracted. I do have one more video. It's called Kelsey's Law. Um, Kelsey was a young lady here in Michigan who lost her life to while she was distracted driving, and because of her... Um, and the memory of her, her parents pushed to have a law passed that now every young driver in Michigan must follow when it comes to their graduated driver's license. So young drivers are not allowed to have any cell phone use whatsoever. And it's a violation and they can lose their driver's license instantly with the use of cell phones. So I'm going to play that final video and then maybe touch base with Chief Brogan and then open it up to questions if there are any. So let me get that last video going for you.
5: I'm Bonnie Raphael. You may not know me, but if you are a parent of a soon-to-be driver or a teen driver who has been on the road for a short time, you probably know the name of my daughter, Kelsey. Kelsey was 17 years old when she was killed in a car crash while talking on her phone. Distractive driving killed Kelsey. Now her twin sister, Courtney, doesn't have a best friend, and I do not have my daughter two years after the crash working with the michigan legislature we were able to pass kelsey's law if you are a gdl1 or gdl2 teen driver you cannot use a cell phone while driving no talking no texting no tweeting no snapchat no facebooking no phone whatsoever while behind the wheel of the car it is a primary offense and can have costs of up to $295 of fines and fees. But more than that, driving is a privilege that requires skill, practice, judgment, and responsibility. As a young driver, your attention needs to be focused on the road and not on a phone. We encourage you to keep yourselves, passengers, and other motorists safe. You should obey the law and not use your phone while driving. Parents, please teach your young drivers to put the phone in park while you're behind the wheel. Fines and tickets are one thing, but the result could be much worse. In Michigan in 2017, 29 people were killed in a crash while using their phone. Your son or your daughter does not need to be one of them. Remember my daughter, Kelsey. and make sure your children know Kelsey's law. No use of a phone
2: while driving is worth a potential consequences. Yeah, and I can only repeat what um, that mother has said: that we, the the police department, we can write violations, we can try to enforce the speeding and the distracted driving, and you can pay fines, but none of that, none of that, will ever bring back your child or your loved one in an accident that involves distracted driving or excessive speeds um, both those those the combination of the two creates an unsafe environment for everybody your friends your neighbors your family and uh we can't stress enough every accident we see we know is preventable and we uh but between us and the fire department we want to prevent as many as we can through uh, discussions like this. So I'll turn it over to Chief Dave and let him finish up, and then, if there's any questions, we'll be available.
1: Yeah, th- thank you, chief Mark. and And kind of echo on what he said. a lot of, we're talking about a lot of statistics and numbers, but but we we see these as as actual people. we're We're there when these actual events happen and and the pain that the people go through, uh, the even if, if the people who aren't hurt and are just seeing the trauma or something that they may have caused or, or been been involved in as a driver it's it's just you you weren't they weren't planning on that that's not a bad person this doesn't this doesn't only happen to other people they, they weren't planning this they were just driving along minding their own business and now they're in this horrific event and and it's it's traumatizing and it's and it's just it's so sad that it could have been prevented. The the pain that everyone was going through, including the including the the driver themselves. So, just please be be cautious. Be very cautious. And um, and I did want to touch on also when uh um Chief Myers was talking about seatbelts, and and that's a primary. They can pull people over and write tickets for that, and they pull people and write tickets for speeding too. And we hear a lot of complaining about that. We hear a lot of people saying that uh you know they're just trying to get money there's but the, that's not the case that's what prevents these things from happening if, if if they if the police when they if they relax or stop writing tickets you, you see or there's an area that's not very well, well patrolled you'll, you'll see accidents would be much higher on those roads when when patrol is stepped up and tickets are stepped up then the then the behavior is corrected and the accidents come down and so this is something that the, the policing that, and so We should all watch the parents and and, um, and the the teens that are watching that are driving. If someone does get a ticket, this wasn't done as just to be punitive out of the blue. This is done because studies have shown this is what prevents these kind of tragedies from happening. And So sometimes the police are kind of put in this position of enforcing the laws and and, um, the the laws are there for a reason and that's to keep everybody safe. So I think with that, uh, we're ready to turn things over to questions.
0: Thank you very much, Chief uh, Myers and Chief Dave, for this important presentation. Uh, We will have a few questions. And with us, uh, Mr. Abdullah, the Assistant Principal of Star International Academy. Welcome, Mr. Abdullah.
6: Hello, everyone. Uh, First and foremost, it's a privilege to be uh, invited to uh, join you guys. The fact that you guys are taking time out of your day, Chief Brogan, Chief Myers. thank you on behalf of all of everyone at HES. Uh, As a citizen of Dearborn Heights, I truly commend you guys in both your departments for what you guys do to keep our city safe. Um, As an assistant principal at STAR, I I appreciate what you guys do to keep things under wraps and and to do your best to educate the kids, to educate our parents with what you're doing like you are today. Um, I think these words that you're sharing and these images that you're sharing are very powerful right our our kids especially our juniors and seniors who are starting to get their license and maybe getting their own vehicle um it's a great opportunity for parents to have these discussions with their kids uh and i truly truly appreciate it as as an assistant principal as a father and as someone who shares the road here in dearborn heights uh what you guys are doing i'm all for hey you know control control the piece i i'm for that you know if 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 that's what it takes and we got to put more you know cops on the road to make sure kids are not you know flying around and we're saving lives hey more power to you and i appreciate what you're doing uh one thing that i would just like to say uh, to all my parents who are on there just because your child has a driver's license doesn't mean they're technically ready to drive please make sure that you have been in the vehicle enough Times with them that you yourself feel confident um, that they can number one take their sibling to school they can take the vehicle out Um, these are all very big responsibilities uh, especially driving in the school area the school zone Uh, when you're driving in a parking lot when you're driving through the the side streets that lead up to a school it's very important students if you're on here parents if you're having a discussion please emphasize the need to be extra cautious when you're around a school building, whether it's at Star or any other school. Uh, you know, you got kids walking around, right? Kids are excited. They're there. They're, they want to get to where they need to be. They might not be paying attention. They're crossing the road. Please, please be extra vigilant when, when you are uh, driving around that area, even in a parking lot. In a school parking lot, people underestimate um, speed, right? If you're when they say it's five miles per hour, there's a reason why they ask you to go you know we ask you to go five miles per hour. If you look at how fast 10 miles per hour goes and how fast 10 miles per hour really is in a parking lot where someone is just standing there and you get hit by a vehicle going 10 miles per hour, uh, that's 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 just uh, it's it, there, it's uh, not a good thing, right? So I'm stressing to you guys that especially from coming from a parent, assistant principal, Please, when you're out and about in the in the, in, in the parking lots, please be extra cautious and extra vigilant. That goes for parents as well.
2: If I, uh, Mr. Uh, Abdallah, if I could add to that, the very simple two things. One is a child running is always faster than you reacting. So you need to be at that. And then a very wise man a long time ago said something to me and I tell all my children it has to do driving anywhere if you see a ball a child will follow so anything that you see come into that street there's usually somebody chasing after it whether it's the parking lot or whatever so when you're on a school parking lot or a side street when you see that baseball or football there's always a child going to be running after it so when you see a ball a child will follow and it's it's great
6: great, i do that with my son like i (laughs) tell my the that's actually such a great point. Parents, tell your own child, "Hey, let that ball go." Right? I tell that to my son. We have a basketball rim and I say, "Baba, if the ball goes to the street, you leave it, you wait. Make sure the street is clear." But that is such a great point and example because that happens a lot.
2: It does. That's those are those pedestrian accidents that we can avoid. Yeah. Um, so just little things to tell your driver because it's it's not something you're used to, but it happens. So Chief, we have a question from Hamad
0: Al-Jabouri. He says, what do you think about driving schools showing horrific crashes, aftermaths
2: to newer drivers to maybe help them change their driving behavior? Well, I could probably say that. I don't know why they don't anymore. I could probably speculate why they don't. Um, there is a second segment. I know they talk much more about the catastrophes of accidents and distracted driving and and destructive choices while driving like using drugs or alcohol while driving um but i'm guessing it was an administrative decision at a much higher level than than the police departments on what they're willing to show children uh for both chiefs a question
0: um as far as the the speeding that's that uh, you, uh that's taking place and causing accidents is there is there anything you want to address this the, the speeding that you see sometimes is irrational speeding in the streets, especially by younger uh, drivers?
2: Um, sure, I can. So I've discussed this on many levels, not just at a meeting like this, but at our city council meetings. We can do many, many things. We can increase patrol. We have a speed cart that we show signs of how fast people are going. I have ones that I can measure speed so I can measure a speed on a street to see if we need to do more enforcement, you know, where people don't see the sign, um, we're looking into purchasing the flashing lights to put in, you know, high traffic areas. So when somebody goes over a the speed limit, it flashes. There's so many things we can do. We're forfeiting vehicles for for drive racing, but ultimately, the discussions, as Mr. Abdallah said, it's between the families. It's between our community to tell our young drivers. We understand these are cool cars that we're driving. They're fast cars. It's fun to be out in the summertime. But every action that we take, especially dangerous ones, can have a negative impact financially, physically, and emotionally on all those involved. Speed is the number one killer um, in accidents because of, I mean, we call it a 2,500 pound bullet, a vehicle, is 2,500 pounds of metal, and you're soft tissue, so you lose in that fight. The human loses in the car versus human battle, uh, and it's it's all relative to speed. We need every we need parents to talk to their children, brothers to talk to their sisters, neighbors to discuss it. We and not to get in arguments over it. But to really express how dangerous it is for our our residents, our children, our students, when we disregard other safeties for the joy or the excitement of going fast or exhibition driving or distracted driving. So it it's a group effort, and these are how we do it.
6: Like do you might add to that. Sure. I want to, I want to talk about peer pressure. You know, I remember being a high schooler, and I remember getting in vehicles with my friends who had just gotten their car. And my advice to all of you guys who, especially you boys, right? I, you teenage boys who want to get in your car and show off to your friends. Gentlemen, if you are that passenger and you're not comfortable with the situation, you're putting your life in the hands of that driver, right? Think about it that way. If your friend is trying to convince you, hey, let's race. Hey, let's do this. Think about it this way. You are allowing the person driving to put your life in their hands. Do you truly trust them that much? You know, peer pressure is is, is a big thing at at this age, and I understand it, and I've been there, and I know it's stressful, and I know it's hard. But put yourself in the situation. Do I really trust this kid enough who just got his license to go speed, speed racing down Ford Road? right? Is that really, uh, is that what I want to put my life in danger? Do I really want to be that person? It's okay to say no. It's okay to tell your friend, hey man, it's not a good idea. It's okay to just say, hey, let's not do this. Uh, It's okay to say no, let's let's stop. Feel confident in yourself that your life matters.
0: Thank you, Mr. Abdullah. Um, another uh, question, uh, uh, Chiefs. Uh, du- during the senior uh, graduation time, uh, there is a trend of renting cars. Uh, now it's most probably parents renting cars and giving them to their uh, children, since rental cars do not uh, rent cars for such young uh, drivers. Um, do you have any comments about that? Do you see an increase in
1: accidents during, during that time? Yeah, you know I'm not sure if I've if if I've noticed that or not, but I can I can tell you that if and it's this is a lot of it is relating to uh the things we've already mentioned. Now you've taken a a teenager who's now in a car that they're not going to be in very often and they might want to that's going to add to more decision making that might be questionable as to like let's see what this car can do. Like they they don't might, might not want to drive it just as like uh, slow and properly like the way you're supposed to it could lead to some poor decision making and so that definitely i I don't know the official stats on that but whenever you take uh, a young inexperienced driver and again males are more more likely to engage in this kind of behavior and uh teenagers with more than one teenager in the car these these statistically show that that that's when you see um the most the most damage being done And, and again to go back to the peer pressure, for the passengers in that car, it's it, it's not it's not exaggerating saying you're putting their, your life in this person's hands. So put your seatbelt on. And again, people don't want to they don't want to seem like they're not cool and, and they don't want to put their seatbelt on. But every time you get in the car, put your seatbelt on, and then they'll just accept. Oh yeah, this person always wears their seatbelt. And and encourage everyone else with you to do that as well. But um, yeah, to go back to the car rental thing, yeah, I would I would, if you're going to do that, then you better have a very serious talk about the way that they're to drive that car.
0: Is that even something legal? I'm I'm not really sure. I think, I think it has well, to do with insurance I, law.
2: I would say that you're risking, if you go outside the contract, and we're not going to talk about laws, but if a parent rents a car for their children, and it, they're not legally allowed to drive that by the rental contract, and they end up in an accident, and it's discovered, there could probably be some civil... Um, liability between the car rental agency and and the person using it. So um, pretty good. If I, I can tell you this, I'm uh, probably gonna embarrass my kids, but uh, for the high school kids on here, you can have all the drip in the world. And uh, it don't matter if you get in an accident because nobody cares how good you look in the car. Nobody cares what the car looks like. Everybody's just worried that you're hurt, injured, and or you hurt or injured somebody else. So looking good's one thing, being cool is one thing, but the end result, when you make those destructive choices, can be catastrophic for everyone.
6: You know, I I, uh, I, I can share a personal story. My senior year in high school, um, one kid made a very, very poor decision, a very poor decision, and filled up his pickup truck with uh, 14 kids in the back of his pickup truck um, and ended up flipping it. Um, I was a senior and the kid that passed away was, I was his mentor and it devastated me. And the the the, the decision that the child made that was driving that vehicle, I i, I can't fathom what he was thinking to put, I think, I, I i believe it was 13 or 14 individuals in the back of his pickup. And they thought it was a cool thing with a half day, they're just going to go out for a ride. He made a sharp turn, he ended up flipping it over. And I just got goosebumps thinking about the kid who I, who I mentored, you know, my, my senior year and he lost his life because number, well, yeah, he made a poor choice, but he was, he was, he fell under the the peer pressure thing, right? Hey, let's all get in the back of a pickup truck. Those things are dangerous guys. And really think about what you're doing when you're putting yourself in a vehicle. I mean, you guys have talked about this. The other thing I I just wanted to bring up, this is how I, uh, this is how I work. I put my seatbelt on right when i get in my car and i don't move i don't take it out of park until i have everyone in my vehicle with their seatbelt on my son knows this and anyone that drives with me knows this i don't move so for those of you who are new don't feel like you got to move you're in control of the vehicle wait until they got their seatbelts on you decide when to move the vehicle you decide when to move it out of park so hey you wanna drive with me? You wanna ride? You wanna get a ride to school? You wanna use me? You wanna use my gas? Well, guess what? Follow my rules, put your seatbelt on, I'll be more than happy to take you where you need to go. So don't feel like you have to go anywhere. Chill, you have to wear your seatbelt. That's what you have to do.
0: We have, a, we're coming to an end of the show, but we have a few questions about seatbelts. If uh, if I may ask uh, Chiefs, one, one question is, can we clarify uh, as far as the ages, when is it required? In the back seat, when uh, what age a child is safe uh, to sit on the front seat? Uh, can we have some clarification for for our parents about that?
2: Ooh. All right, let me try to let me try to get. I don't want to give bad info. Um, I wish. So, in the front seat, everybody has to have a seatbelt on. Everybody in the vehicle. In the back seat, it's under sixteen then it starts getting into car seats and booster seats and I they've changed it over time because it goes by weight and I really don't want to give the wrong explanation but I can get it over to HES so you can put it out in some of your um, communications to your community but I, I don't want to misspeak because it changes as the, the science changes. So sure, thank you. Okay
0: yeah we will. we can create an infographic to help parents understand these uh, these laws another question let's say that a teenager is driving uh, they have their license and they're driving their friend get get you know gets uh, gets in the passenger seat now uh, their friend has to wear a seatbelt now whose responsibility is it not wearing the seatbelt is is the driver liable for the passenger not wearing their seatbelt
2: so the answer is yes to both um, you can be you can be issued a ticket if you don't have one on, um, but you can also be issued a violation if you allow people to be un, unfastened in your vehicle. So it really has to do with age and it starts becoming kind of technical. So like um, we're not gonna write a four-year-old a, a violation for not being in a seat restraint, we're gonna issue it to the, the driver of the vehicle. Um, for somebody in the front seat, say like a 16 or 17 year old, we can issue it to that person, or we could issue it to the driver for allowing it Of two, I believe, I, I'm, I'm I, like I said, it's been a long time since I wrote a violation for Here is chief, mm-hmm. And I don't know, sometimes the laws change. So I don't want to misspeak. But uh, yeah, you you're responsible for all the actions of your occupants as well inside that vehicle. So when they're hanging out of the window, or out of the sunroof, that's the driver's responsibility.
6: Yeah, thank you so for bringing that
2: so, up. So let's, let's take the seatbelt question away and let's talk about hanging body parts out of a window, um, standing up in a sunroof, standing up in the back of a pickup truck, or like you see in Facebook recently, somebody hanging onto a back of a vehicle on a highway. They're responsible, but so is that driver. That driver is in ultimate control of that vehicle. Like Mr. Abdallah said, you want this to move you want this vehicle to move you need to be sitting down in a seatbelt with every body part inside that car um so that's why they can be held accountable for allowing someone to do that as well
0: thank you chief and um if, uh,
2: Mr. Abilo, if you have any other questions i have
0: one more question
6: no uh, you know I, I appreciate you guys being here i, I love this I, I think our kids need this this is this is awesome
0: thank you a final question for you, chiefs is uh uh, the sound adjustment to the cars that is kind of uh, getting, a, a, you know, common, I guess, uh, these days. Uh, what is the, um, uh, you know, ordinance on, on on such a thing and is it, uh, do you do you uh, crack down on, uh, you know, cars with which adjust their sound to be like really gi- giving a high, I don't know really what, what terms they use to describe this, but giving it a very high sound. Uh, and usually it's an
2: indication of speeding in uh, most of the cases. So yeah, it is actually a, there's a city ordinance that doesn't allow for the modification of a vehicle to make the sound amplify. Um, I can, if you go to Municode, uh, M-U-N-I-C-O-D-E for Dearborn Heights and you can look up that city ordinance, it gives you the exact how many feet it can. But what's unique about that is if you modify your vehicle and it becomes a, a noise nuisance, we can actually impound your vehicle for that and keep your vehicle. Um, so when you modify your vehicle to make excessive noise, uh, we can actually impound it at that point under the city ordinance. Um, and you don't have to be going fast because my neighbors prove that with his vehicle, he can be going 20 miles an hour down our street and I can still hear it inside my house with the windows rattling. So I I am impacted just like every other person in the community. Um, some of the stock vehicles are very loud right now, but when you modify it, um, it can then be t- seized under city ordinances.
0: Is it something that the the, the
2: police actually uh, um, follows up on, or is it not a high priority right now? It's becoming more and more of a priority because mm-hmm. those that tend to modify their vehicles to be louder and faster tend to have unsafe driving practices to exploit that louder, faster vehicle. So right. they kind of go hand in hand. Well, thank you, Chief Myers,
0: and thank you, Chief Dave, for, for your time, for your valuable time and valuable information. Thank you, Mr. Abdullah, and for all community members listening to this, the Department of Police for the City of Heights and the Department of Fire is always there for your questions. And we want to thank you on behalf of the community for the great work uh, that you do in the city of Dearborn Heights and on behalf of Star International national academy specifically because it is in Dearborn Heights and all its students. Uh, thank you again and we'll see you in an upcoming uh, family engagement broadcast in our school
6: hopefully. Thank you. Thank you, thank you gentlemen.
7: promoting academic excellence, leadership, and cultural diversity, ranking as some of the top schools in the state of Michigan. Our pre-K through 12th grade students enjoy tuition-free, state-accredited education by STEM-certified and highly qualified staff with no geographical restrictions, and with advanced placement, college dual-enrollment, scholarship, and Arabic language programs. NOR INTERNATIONAL ACADEMY IN STERLING HEIGHTS AT NIAPSA.ORG STAR INTERNATIONAL ACADEMY IN Dearborn HEIGHTS AND IN CANTON AT STARPSA.ORG UNIVERSAL ACADEMY IN DETROIT AT UNIVERSALPSA.ORG AND UNIVERSAL LEARNING ACADEMY IN WESTLAND AT ULAPSA.ORG JOIN HES ACADEMIES TODAY AND ENJOY A FREE CHROMEBOOK FOR EVERY ENROLLED STUDENT